Hello, this is Emmanuel Obongaya. Basic or elementary principles are not unnecessary stuff. They are immensely essential foundation stones upon which the structure of higher things are erected. These basics we are learning are meant to help you as you get along in your Christian journey. Everything else in the Christian faith is built on the framework of these foundational truths. So we're still teaching on repentance from dead works. In the last teaching, we showed that repentance is turning away from something wrong that one used to do. Repentance is not just thinking about changing. It's not just feeling sorry about doing wrong. Neither is it merely just saying that you really want to change. Beyond what you think, what you feel, and what you say, Repentance is adopting new actions that are consistent with the results that we want to get. Proverbs 28 and verse 13, it says, The person who covers his sins will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. There's a place for confessing, and beyond that, forsaking has to follow. Let me give you an example. If you love someone and you hurt them, when you realize that they were hurt by something that you did, you want to admit to them that you were wrong. You want to tender an apology and you want to desist from hurting them again. Your love for them tells you this is what you ought to do. If you keep hurting them over and over and you only want to say you are sorry when you do so, but you actually make no effort to desist from what hurts them, what that means is that no change has actually happened in your heart from the very first time that you hurt them. Repentance means admitting and desisting. Admitting you were wrong and adopting actions to desist from it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 from verse 1 all the way to verse 11, Paul spoke of how he wrote a letter to the Corinthian believers that saddened them for a while when they got it. Some kind of sinning had been going on in the church, so Paul wrote to them about this matter. He even said that he knew they were going to feel sad because of the letter and that the thoughts of the letter causing them sadness also made him quite sad. In other words, he knew that the tone of his letter was going to make them feel a bit downcast, and he wasn't happy that he was putting them in that kind of a situation. But when Titus came to see him, Titus told Paul of how much better the church was doing, because although they initially felt downcast, they yielded to the things that Paul said to them in his letter, and they followed his counsels. When Paul heard this report from Titus, he felt really glad that the church eventually turned out better as a direct result of the words that he sent them, which initially made them feel sad. Paul called the kind of sadness they felt godly sorrow because it triggered a change of heart and actions in them that ended up making them more godly in that it brought them into alignment with God's beautiful purpose for their lives. Dear child of God, you and I need more people like Paul in our lives. We need people like Paul today who can use the wisdom of God in their mouth to restrain us where necessary, correct us, motivate us, and inspire us to be all that God intends for us to be. The sorrow Paul's writing brought about was temporary and it was a good one. In verse 11, there are seven things that we can extract from what Paul said the letter brought about in their lives and these things can be of great help to us. Number one, it made them feel more careful. It made them cautious. Number two, it made them rid themselves of sin. 
Number three, it stirred up hatred for unrighteousness in them. Number four, it imparted awe and reverence for God into their lives. Number five, his letter provoked a burning passion for God. Number six, it ministered to them an eagerness to do right. And number seven, it encouraged an inclination to discipline. Even if it meant dishing out some form of disciplinary actions when necessary to those who erred. Look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10. I'm reading out of the easy English version. It says, People need to become sad in the way that God wants. When they are sad like that, it causes them to turn away from wrong things. It causes them to turn to God who saves them. And they will never be sorry that they did that. But this world makes people sad only because they have troubles or pain. It does not make them sad in a way that leads them to God. When the world makes people sad like that, it only causes them to die. Brothers and sisters, it's a blessing when God gives you men and women like Paul, who love you dearly, but who are also courageous enough to reach out and pull you back when they see you are heading into error. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15 says that we should speak the truth in love. This means that we should not speak the truth to people as though we don't care about them. And at the same time, we should not love them so much to the extent that we can't tell them the truth. Paul understood this balance. Though he loved the believers dearly and didn't want to hurt them, he didn't keep back the truth he knew they needed from them. 